Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, for the last six weeks, we've been talking about the life of victory. We're talking about the way we live has a lot to do with what we're experiencing in our life. Not just a belief in God, but the way you're living has a lot to do with what you're experiencing in your life. And I really think a lot of people, um, if they knew that there was a better way, they'd get off of the average way road, they'd get off of the destruction road, and they'd get on the better road. I just think a, a lot of problem is that a lot of people haven't realized that there's other roads you can walk down. There's other roads you can live by. There's other ways you can go. And if you go the wrong way and you experience wrong things, it's not a sign God wants you to experience bad things. It's a sign that you're on a wrong road. I mean, let's face it, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you automatically go down the right road. You can go down the wrong road spiritually and encounter spiritual warfare God never intended you to encounter. You can go down roads in this natural world as a Christian, heaven bound, you know, believer in Jesus, going to heaven when you die. You can go down wrong roads in certain cities in the natural and get shot. And it won't be the will of God. And you don't have to go, God, why did I get shot? No, why did you go down a road you didn't pray about going down? Are you following me, church? We don't just, if you really want to avoid a lot of problems, break the habit of just doing what you want to do. Break the habit of just doing what you feel like doing and start looking to the Lord and acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. And if he's directing your paths, you're going to miss a bunch of brick walls. You're going to miss a bunch of adversity that other people are slamming right into and then crying out to God for help. Listen, you can live your life as a Christian in such a way on your way to heaven. You can live your life in such a way where you will not have to pray, Jesus, help me so much. Most of your prayers will be for other people to be helped because there's a road you can live on where things overtake you that are good. Things are added to you that are wonderful. And it didn't even say you had to pray for those things. But if you're on the right road, something's coming after you. If you're on the wrong road, there's other things on that road you don't want to experience. And it won't be God's will if those things get a hold of you. You have to realize, did he tell you to go down that road? And I know a lot of times we're thinking, you know, navigating geographically in this life. And yes, that's a part of it. But really, there's a way of thinking that will keep you in peace every day of your life. There's a way of talking that will keep you in victory every day of your life. There's a way of believing that will keep you from unnecessary adversity and keep you in peace and keep you in health. There's a way of living where you can avoid a bunch of junk. Do you realize that you can live your life in such a way where the devil actually has a right to shoot at you? Do you realize the Bible talks about the wicked one touching us not if we keep ourselves in this way of life called love? Well, we talked about four or five things already that are lifestyles that will assure victory in your life. And I wanna say this again, because this is a revelation. Any believer can crash, bang, boom, cry out to Jesus and get a victory. Say this, every believer can get a victory. But it takes living a certain way 
to live in victory where you're actually in a position of victory defending your position instead of a position of defeat trying to get back into victory. Any believer can get a victory. You know what I mean? Cry out to Jesus after you smash into the brick wall because you're on a road you shouldn't have been on or whatever. But it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. And if you want to live in victory, you got to do more than just pray a prayer once in a while. You need to be interested in following God's plan for your life every day. And, and don't listen to the devil. Say this. The devil's a liar. Say it again. Say the devil's a liar. He will bring you suggestions. He will bring you feelings. He will try to give you a dream. He will give you thoughts that living for God is not what you want and you really won't like it. Say the devil's a liar. He knows you will love it. Are you kidding me? I could quote you promise after promise. The Bible says if you follow God's plan for your life, he's going to prosper you. He's going to protect you. You're going to have, a, you're going to have hope and you're going to have a future. The Bible says if you really seek the Lord, he's going to reward you. The Bible says if you really do the things the Lord wants you to do, your joy will be full. Where's the boredom in that? It's a lie. A lot of believers who don't follow God's plan for their life encounter tests and trials the Lord never intended them to encounter. And a lot of people just throw up their hands and say, well, I guess it's the will of the Lord that I got shot. No, no, quit blaming God for decisions you've made without him helping you make those decisions. You can't, we can't blame the Lord for something bad happening to us when we chose to go down a road that either we didn't know or we did know and didn't follow in God's word. If you want to know the right road, read the book. You're going to have to read the book because the road of misery and the road of destruction is not marked misery and destruction by the world or by the devil. It's marked everything you've ever wanted. Fun that God never, you'll never have if you serve God. A pleasure you'll never have if you serve the Lord. That's what, but if you scratch the pain off, you'll see misery and destruction. It's a lie of the devil. And the more you know this book, the more you're going to know, no matter how much paint... The devil paints over misery road and destruction lane. You're going to know that is not the right way because it is not the way God said to go. And a lot of people are in trouble today because they're on the wrong road. But they're going, well, I guess it's the will of the Lord that all these bad things happen to me. Some people need to wake up, read the Bible for themselves and realize, no, it's not God's will that you're miserable and destroyed. It's not God's will that you're having this. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. We don't want the hard road. We want the, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We got to make sure we're on the right road. I don't know if you realize this or not. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this, but Jesus talked about it all the time. And we need to talk about it more in these last days. There is a devil. Singular. And there are many demons. Plural. And they're not just taking a break. A lot of the warfare is so subtle, people don't even recognize it. But there are certain places that if you go to certain places today, you will find out one way or another that demon spirits congregate in those areas behind the scenes, influencing people and the actions and the things that are happening. I know from personal experience, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I went into a bar in this town, not yesterday, not two weeks ago. I, don't have, I have no need for bars. I got all I need in the Holy Ghost. I used to go to bars. And right after I got saved about 33 some years ago, 35 years ago, 36 years ago, I went into a bar to witness to my rock and roll friends who were playing in a band. 
at a bar here in town. And I went into this bar and I didn't have a leading to go. I just thought I want to go witness to I wanted to do something good. But even if you want to do something good, talk to the Lord about timing, at least. Talk to the Lord about, should I really do this good thing? You know, a lot of people have done good things and they're not even with us anymore today because they weren't led by the Spirit. They just did something good, had no idea that there was a trap laid for them, had no idea there'd be engine failure, had no idea that a head-on collision was going to happen. They're on their way doing some good. It's good to want to do good, but there's nothing that can take the place of being led by God every day. Just sensitive, looking to him, becoming more God inside minded because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Look to your heart, not to your brain, your heart. Nobody's ever missed it following the leading of God. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Some of the best advice you'll ever hear in your life is two simple words. Be led. We've heard that advice many times from Keith and Phyllis and others. They would say other things, but when it came right down to it, they'd say, John and Carla, concerning the situation that you're going through or concerning this thing in the church, pray and be led. Ain't really what we wanted to hear. We wanted them to do all our praying for us and hear from God for us. We wanted them to do all our seeking for us. So we can just say, hey, Keith, hey, Phyllis, just tell us what you got from the Lord. It's like, no, somebody that really loves you is going to allow you to grow up. You can't always help people by making it easy on them. Right? And permanent help comes from personal effort. Well, there's many things in life that you will not know in your brain what to do. There's many things that aren't specifically in the written word. It's, it doesn't say in the Bible, wait five minutes before you go to work on July 7th, uh, 2021. Wait five. All right, so, so if you waited five minutes before you go to work, you could miss an accident on the highway. Who would know about the accident that was about to happen? No one except the Holy Spirit who wants to lead you and guide you. So you're going to have to have a relationship with God close enough to where you're getting things on the inside that that's the only way you're going to get it. Well, we're going to talk about that today. So why don't you turn to Romans 3. There is a life. I'm telling you, there's a lifestyle. There's a life that if you will make it your life, not a part of your life, but if you'll make this the things of God your life, you will not have to pray, Jesus, help me, heal me, save me so often. Because certain things won't even be able to get to you. Amen. How many like it when certain problems can't even get to you? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to live free. I mean, let's face it, I, I'm thankful for the Lord being there. If I fall flat on my face, I'm thankful if I hit a brick wall. I'm thankful if, you know, attacks come. But I'd rather miss some attacks if I can, right, then to just have to go through all this stuff that it's really unnecessary if you'd be led by the Lord. So in Romans chapter 3, look at verse 16 and 17. We've been talking about this for like six weeks consecutive. I want you to notice, and people, most people can relate to misery and destruction and wanting more peace in their life. And that's one of the main reasons we're looking at these verses. So look here, Romans chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 
The Bible says destruction and misery are in their ways. Well, these people were experiencing something because of a way they were living. So what would be the solution if they wanted out of misery and destruction? Well, pastor, just pray another prayer for me, please. No, uh, yeah, I, I may pray. But listen, if you want to stay free, you might have to analyze the way you're going, the things you're involved with, the way you're thinking, the way you're talking, the way you're believing, how you're navigating in this natural world, being over here, going over there, because I want to, or because I feel like it, or because of opportunity, or because of need. You're going to have to analyze more than just your prayer life. You're going to have to get more than just a prayer to stay free in some of these areas. A lot of people get free. Not everybody stays free. Staying free has to do with the word way, not just the word pray. I said staying free has a lot to do with the word way, not just the word pray. Pray more. Pray again. Praying cannot take the place of living like God wants you to live. Amen. Thinking like he wants you to think. Talking like he wants you to talk. Loving like he wants you to love. And listen, we've all made mistakes in these areas. I've missed it. You've, we're not talking about living a life of squeaky clean technical perfection here. We're just talking about living for God the best we know how. And if we stumble, get back up. You know, if you have to admit you're wrong, admit you're wrong. Get clean, get mercy, go on. Be cleansed. But we are talking about an attitude, a life, a heart. So and if you keep looking at this verse again, destruction and misery are in their ways. So the answer to these people getting out of destruction and misery would be what? Well, just go to your pastor and have him pray another prayer. Sometimes we have to talk about the way you're going. And if you really love somebody, you don't want to just give them a bailout knowing they're going to get in trouble again two weeks from now. You want to help them with their direction, the, the way they're living. Next verse, it says the way of peace they have not known. So if you want peace in your life, what should you do? Well, just go to the pastor and have him pray for you so you can get more peace. I'll do it. We'll get some peace. But do you want lasting peace? Then we might have to talk about some ways you're living or some ways you're thinking or some ways you're talking. Now, the Bible says to be carnally minded, carnal, carne, fleshly, to be fleshly minded, you know, thinking only about what feels good, only about what, you know, what, what is physical and fleshly. It says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if you want peace in your life, it's not, it's not regulated by what's going on around you. You could be in the midst of a storm and have greater peace than somebody cuddled up in a comforter in front of a fireplace. You could get somebody cuddled up in a comforter in front of a fireplace and they're just tormented in their brain doing anything they can to get peace. But then you can have somebody in the midst of a storm or a plane or whatever and have perfect peace because peace has to do with, number one, is the Prince of Peace in you? If you're a believer, Jesus is in you. And number two, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? A lot of people are not in peace today because they're afraid to die. Well, if you're a believer, you're not afraid to die. Now, it may try to come to you. You may have certain feelings at times. But when you stop and really think about it, no, wait a second. Why would I be afraid to depart from this life 
and be with Christ, which is far better than anything in this life. And it says Jesus pulled the sting out of death for the believer. So really, it's not this terrible, ah, it's like falling asleep, the Bible says, for the believer. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And I want to say some things to you now. Um, we actually, we, I don't think we hit on all these points, but we did mention them, some of them to more, more of a degree than others. There are certain lifestyles that if we'll adopt as a part of our life, that will assure us to live in a degree of victory that almost everybody else on this planet is not living in. Not saying you won't have any problems, not saying there won't be any challenges, but you will win and overcome everything if these are part of your life and are, are your life and not just a part of your life. So we talked about regular intake of God's word. Last, does anybody remember what we talked about last Sunday? That's right, Darlene. A sermon a day keeps misery away. Well, Pastor, I just can't listen to a sermon a day. Well, you listen to four or five hours of TV a day, just change the channel for an hour, my goodness. I <laughs> just change the Go Victory Network or Faith Heights YouTube and get a, a sermon a day keeps misery away. I know it feels like it's not your answer. I know it feels like you don't have time. I know it doesn't seem like it's something that you want to do, but you're wrong. Your seamer's wrong and your feelings are wrong. If you want victory, if you want things that this world can't give or take away, if you want the power of God and the life of God in your life, a sermon a day will definitely help you keep misery away and keep the blessings of God on the scene. I just don't know if I can. You're doing something with your hours, right? Somebody says, I can't, I can't think about God day and night. You're thinking about something day and night. It's not you can't. It's just we're choosing not to when we should be. Everybody good, doing good today? Amen. Anybody, should we take a little laughing break or something? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> hey, listen, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our world right now. I know. I just watching some again of some of the 9-11 clips. It's just some crazy things that have been happening in our world for a while now. Seems like it's escalating right now. But you know what? This is a great day. Jesus is Lord. We got the greater one on the inside of us. He's our king. And no matter what happens in politics, I still have a king. He's not up for re-election. And he promised to take care of me perfectly Amen. in the midst of a crazy, fallen, dark world. Amen. Amen. Yes. Good things are happening. I know there's some weird things going on. I know there's some crazy things and some fearful things and some confusing things. But you know what? We're not confused. And we're not afraid. Because we're hearing from God. Amen. You know one of the things I'm hearing from God? We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know, another thing we're hearing from God. This is the victory that overcomes the world and everything in the world, even our faith. Amen. I mean, there's. You need to read the Bible enough to when you're when you're done till when you're done reading, it's still close to your thoughts as you're walking through your day. Because it's really, really good to know when something real fearful happens, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Everything's going to be all right. But we talked about regular intake of God's word. We talked about living by faith, not just running to the Lord when you're in trouble, but living every day by faith in what he said. Walking in love is a lifestyle you need to have a part of your life. Being spiritually minded is life and peace. You want to make sure your thoughts are going the right direction. 
Uh, Spirit-filled living we talked about. We, we didn't talk a lot about this, but if you really want your life to get better and you want to miss some unnecessary adversity, just talk better. <laughs> Amen. Talk better, live better. We did a whole series on it. Talk better. And it's all based on a few scriptures in Proverbs and James chapter 3. The Bible says you will be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. You know what that means? It doesn't talk about little oranges growing out of your lips and apples. He's talking about what you're saying. You're going to be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. And with the increase of your lips, and he's not talking about Botox, but with the, with the increase of your confessions, you'll be filled. Nothing wrong with Botox. I'm okay with it. But he's talking about your words determine your level of satisfaction in life. Actually, one scripture says you're snared. You're brought into captivity by the words of your mouth. Not even the devil. Solomon said death and life is in the power of the tongue. James says your tongue is like a rudder of a great ship. It determines the direction of your life, whether into a storm or away from a storm or turn around, your words. So obviously talk better, live better. So this needs to be a way of life, not just, I can say anything I want, but if I get in trouble, I'll quote scriptures. No, it needs to be the way you're living. The way, the way. I don't think it does very good to quote promises from God for two seconds and then go back to talking like you don't have this, you don't have that, and oh, what was me, and oh... This needs to be your way of talking, not just good confessions when you're in trouble. All right? The Bible talks about living a life of thanksgiving. I don't know if you ever read the Old Testament, but it said a lot of the children of Israel who got delivered out of Egypt were heading across the desert and to the promised land. It said, and it said these things were written for examples for us upon whom the ends of the world are come. So we can look at Israel's journeys from, from Egypt to the promised land and learn a lot about our Christian life. The Bible says that the fornicators were destroyed of serpents. Those that exalted pleasure above God. Those that violated His word in these areas. Those that decided to have sex whether they're married or not. Those people who didn't repent, it said it opened the door to the enemy. God didn't do it. The enemy had access and destroyed thousands of them. But you know what the same, ver the same chapter says? In 1 Corinthians 10, it said that the murmurers were destroyed by the destroyer. Thousands in one day. I thought, wait a minute. What's murmuring? Murmuring is the opposite of thanksgiving. Murmuring is a declaration that God your Father is a failure at fatherhood. And I know people wouldn't do this intentionally, but sometimes we just need to slow down and realize, what is complaining? Complaining is dangerous stuff. It's talking about what the enemy wants to do, which gives him access to eventually do it. What's praising and thanksgiving? It's magnifying God and His promises in the midst of problems. His delivering power, His saving power, His protecting power. And we're giving thanks. Let's just take a hint from our brother Joel Osteen. Quit complaining about what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Because you can't do both at the same time. And if you're, if you're giving thanks for what you do have, you're not complaining about what you don't have. And this is how you attract things that you need in your life that you don't presently have. What does the Bible say? Now thanks be unto God. When? Right now, problems and all, surrounded by this and that. 
Now, thanks be unto God. Why? Because he always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. But it didn't say complaining leads you into that. It said thanksgiving leads you into the triumph. Well, as soon as things get better, Pastor, I'll be thankful. Any unbelieving heathen can do that. We're believers. We believe what God said before things look better. We believe what God said before there's a change in the natural. And then we see supernatural change and we get victory that most people don't get. Thanksgiving needs to be a way of living for all of us. But in the remaining time, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And I want to talk to you about living. Uh, let, me, let me put it this way. I want to talk to you about learning to be more led by the Holy Spirit in our daily life. Learning to be more led by the Holy Spirit in our daily life. In other words, getting out of the habit of just doing what we feel like doing, just what our routine says we should do, uh, uh, getting out of the habit of just doing what we want to do, but actually looking to the Lord every day for any adjustments, any changes, any direction that might be a little different than what I had planned. There are people that are not on the earth with us today because they hadn't learned these things. They weren't bad. Bad things happen to good people all the time, and it's not because they're bad, and it's not because God wanted it. We need to learn to be led by someone who knows the future in this dark, demon-infested world. It's sad, but good people perish all the time. People say, well, well they were good. I don't understand it. They were good. Being good doesn't mean you've learned how to be led by the Spirit. Can I get a witness? You have to learn that in this life, there are dangerous things all around us. And we don't know what might happen in the future, but there's somebody who does who can steer you correctly away from it. One of the biggest problems, it, it, it happens, you say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it, good's not enough if you want to live in victory till you get to heaven. Good's not enough. Everybody say, good's not enough. Do you realize if you're on the battlefield and you got your rifle and you got your platoons with you and you've got your soldiers all around and the enemies over there, how many of you know being good on the battlefield is not enough? <laughs> I'm good. You can't shoot me. Boom, you're gone. I don't understand it. They were a good person. It takes more than being good to live safe in this fallen world. And a lot of people don't understand that. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? There's at least three I can think of immediately why bad things happen to good people. Well, how did you know, Pastor? You're so smart. I just read the Bible. Listen to sermons when I was supposed to, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays. You learn these things. You grow, you develop, and you start experiencing victory that most people don't experience. That's what we're teaching today, preaching. We want you to experience victory. There's three ways, right, right now, I can answer that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Number one, Hosea 4, 6. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Didn't say they were bad. Said they just didn't know some things. You can be good, lack knowledge, and be destroyed. Why do bad things happen to good people? Answer one. They lack knowledge. They haven't been, I guess, you, you, you gotta, knowledge doesn't just fall on you. You gotta search, reach. Seek. Number two, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 16, talking about believers putting on the whole armor of God, the Bible says, believers, 
take up the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, a lot of good people don't even know there is a shield of faith. And when the darts come, they go down. All the while, nice, good, wonderful people, but knew nothing about faith in God. Knew nothing about how to develop faith, how to release faith. And it's sad because they're good people. The Bible didn't say, lift up the shield of goodness and you'll quench all the fiery darts of the devil. He said, lift up the shield of faith. It's good to be good, but it ain't enough in spiritual warfare. I'm going to give me a high five. I'm this is the Spirit of God helping us. Take up the shield of faith. That's why the word faith is on our sign. We want you to know what this shield is, how to use it, how to lift it up, how to grow, how to develop it, how to release your faith. We want to, we want to teach you these things. And we're, we're, Lord's helping us to do it if you're listening. And number three, why do bad things happen to good people? Because a lot of good people have not yet learned that they are a spirit. And when they're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in their spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit's going to give them direction and guidance. They have not yet learned how to be led by the Spirit of God. They're only looking to their mind, their feelings, opportunities, needs, weather. And that's what's leading them. And they're not thinking to check out with the Lord. Did you know the Bible says in Proverbs 3, and if you want to turn there quickly on the overhead before we go to Romans 4, 8, um, excuse me, 8. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Belly, not your blood pump. He's talking about your spirit, the inner man that's going to leave the body when life's over for you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. There's a difference between your spirit and your mind. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Sounds like a daily, hourly thing to me. This is where, this is where praying always comes in. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and He will direct your paths. If the Lord's directing your paths, guess what? <laughs> You're never going to miss it. You're never going to be in certain places at wrong times when bombs go off or shootings happen. We know from personal experience, the Lord led us and our kids away from a shooting one day. Get, Carla got it in her spirit that the kids should go play in the backyard. We're over there in Delta visiting our, our parents. And Carla just came out in the front yard and said, all oh, you kids just need to go in the backyard. I don't know why I just sense you need to go. We've been listening. We've been hearing teachings like this. All the kids just for some, why? They're all having fun in the street. There's no cars in the street. Real quiet street, real nice yard. Just for some reason, kids, you need to get in the backyard. Just had a premonition, if you want to call it that. I call it the inward witness. Spirit of God saying, get the kids in the backyard. Why? You don't need to know why. Just do what he said. You'll find out why later. Right after that, a couple minutes after that, a neighbor comes out, takes a gun, starts shooting around the neighborhood right across the street from where the kids were, and then shot himself. We had no idea. But the Spirit of God who knows the future, knows the hearts of all men, knows exactly where things like that are planned to happen. And he don't want you there. And if you'll listen to him and follow his leading and understand how he does lead you, you'll stay safe in a world that's fallen apart. I've heard testimonies of people who are driving down the road and for some reason they had the premonition to slow down at a green light. 
Actually, I heard a testimony of a gentleman who had a premonition, had an inward witness, not a voice, just something on the inside, like the Spirit of God saying, uh, slow down. He said, well, it's a green light. Slow down. But it's a green light. Slow down. He didn't slow down. Boom. Major accident right in the intersection. And he lived to tell about it. And he realized, you know what? I had something in my spirit that told me to do something that looked ridiculous and I ignored it and I got put in the hospital. Other people got put in the hospital all because I didn't listen, didn't, wasn't developed in hearing from God like I could have and should have been. How do you know the Holy Spirit knows if an engine's going to fail on an airplane? <laughs> now, fear will try to tell you don't get on the airplane to make you look like a fool. That's why you just got to hang out with the Lord. God doesn't lead through fear. He leads through faith and knowing. God never comes with a message of fear. Every time the Lord appeared or an angel appeared to somebody, it was always, fear not, don't be afraid. For time's sake, go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We're talking about the life of victory, and if you want to live in victory and not have to pray bailout prayers so often, then you're going to have to realize that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you and direct you in life so that you don't hit things and encounter things that he doesn't want you to encounter and hit. Romans 8, 14, put it up on the screen. Paul said to the church everywhere, including us, for as many people as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Um, I, I feel like I need to emphasize that this, I, um, I humbly say this, but I'm, I'm going to say it because I feel like I need to. There's some things being shared this morning right now that will save some people's lives in this room in just the near future. I'm going to say it again. There's some things on my staff, people that think you know me well enough, people that think you know all this right now. There are some things. Catimbro, Gikiviantic, Egle Padada, Ejo, Mitliano, Krufis Kampandanskinte, Ikla Teblionica. Many have perished. Many have left the earth early for not respecting the words of the Lord like they could have and should have. They didn't take heed. It was too familiar with them. It didn't take root. And problems occurred and things began to happen and they weren't ready for them because they didn't let words go deep enough into their spirit. They didn't focus strong enough when they were coming forward and they were unprepared, caught off guard, and things happened that weren't supposed to happen. But thus says the Spirit of the Lord to this congregation, it's not too late. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. Respect the words of the Lord that you're hearing. Erase the physical preacher from your mind in the scenario. Hear from the Lord. Take heed to the Scriptures. These are things that will help you in the days that are here and the days that are ahead. For dangerous and perilous times are all around and some things will get worse. But you'll be protected and you'll be safe because you've been prepared by the Holy Word. Thank you, Lord. Um, I, I think I said, was it this service or was it last service, Carl? I said, there's some things that we're going to hear in church services at times that we're not going to want to hear. But I'd rather have an owie in church than an owie where there's metal and glass flying everywhere. There's some things that are being said right now that are going to save some people's lives. And even some of you that are watching on camera right now, 
The Spirit of God loves you so much you are hearing things right now that are equipping you to miss destruction. Maybe we should all just take a dance break because of that. Glory to God. That's wonderful. I told you at the very beginning, we're not here to be entertained. Life's tough. Life sometimes is not fun. It's a mess. Isn't it good to have the one who knows the future guiding you and directing you and prompting you? Now, the world calls it intuition. I don't like that word. I like the word witness, inward witness, because that's what the Bible says. Some of the world calls it intuition, premonition. The world tapping into the outskirts of these things that God's been trying to do all along. Look at Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is written to all believers. L listen, you and I can and should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. This doesn't work for you because it's in a Bible on your nightstand. The Bible says none of this word will work for you until you mix faith with it. One of the best ways to mix faith with it is say, I'm led by the Spirit of God. If God says it, we say it. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I expect Him to lead me every day of my life. I will not waste time, money, or energy. Say things in accordance with these scriptures over your own life and you're mixing faith with it. Now these words can actually work in your life. Supernatural help from heaven that so many around you don't even know anything about. Nobody's ever missed it being led by the Spirit of God. Got to watch out about being led by emotions. Emotions at times will try to push you in directions the Spirit of God is saying don't go. Emotions, opportunity will try to direct you and guide you. Money, lack of it or, or a bunch of it will try to get you to move and geographically relocate all because of money. Now, he, now the Lord may want you to go a direction like that, but make sure he's leading you, not the money. Some people don't get on an airplane because the weather's bad. Some people do get on an airplane only because the weather's good. And that's why problems happen. We're not led by weather. We're not led by money. We're not led by opportunity. We're not led by feelings. We're not led by emotions. We need to learn to get in the habit of acknowledging the Lord in all our ways every day, and He will direct our paths. One of the greatest problems when it comes to not being led by the Lord is being so habitually grounded in being led just by what we want. Life's too short to just wake up every morning and go, oh, what do I want to do today? God's got direction for our life. Seek Him in case there's a little adjustment or a tweak or a delay or something we need to avoid. God knows everything. He knows everything. We need to develop this part of our life where He's trying to speak to us. And it's not audible. It's a knowing. It's a witness. Notice, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, two verses later, Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, For the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, Himself, should have said Himself, King James uh, didn't translate that word properly there, it should be the Spirit Himself, because the Holy Spirit's a He, Jesus said. The Spirit Himself, ready? You ready for this? How does He direct you? How does He direct us? Where do we look for direction? To the weather? The amount of money? The feeling, the body, the mind. Where do we look for direction? Where does he contact us? Where does he? He bears witness with your 
spirit. Now the problem with this is a lot of people don't even know they are a spirit, let alone hearing from God in their spirit. Okay, lesson 101, you ready? You're more than mind and mud. You're more than body and soul. Jesus, Paul the Apostle, God throughout all scriptures tells us we are a spirit. That's the part of you that's going to live forever one place or another, depending upon your acceptance or your rejection of Jesus Christ. You are a spirit. God is a spirit, and he has an arm, he has a hand, he has a head, he sits on a throne. There's corporality in the spirit. It's just invisible to the physical eyes and the five physical senses. You're a spirit. The Bible says when you die, you don't cease to exist. You just separate from your earth suit. The body without the spirit is dead, just like faith without works is dead. The body without the it's like taking your hand out of a glove. The glove has no more life in it because the hand left. Well, your body has no more life in it. The house you live in, the, the suit, that your earth suit, has no more life in it when you leave. It's really kind of strange to visit the gravesite of someone who's not there. Their coat is there, you know, their earth suit is there, but they, if they're a believer, they're in the presence of the Lord in a place called paradise. If they're a non-believer and they stay on the road Adam put them on, they end up in a place God didn't want them to end up, but since they didn't get take the only hand that could save them, they end up in a place called hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels. I can't believe a good God would send somebody to hell. He don't have to send somebody to hell who's already on the road to hell. Adam messed this whole thing up. Jesus is trying to get people off that road. If they don't want them, they stay on the same road. Adam put them on. Not the road God wanted them on. God loves people. Are you kidding me? But he won't violate free will. If people reject Jesus, they reject the only way to heaven. And it's not God's will they go to hell. It's their choice of rejecting the only way to heaven. People think God's this mean God sending people to hell. People need to wake up and read the Bible. Go to the right church or something. God will send you to hell. Shut up. God's not sending anybody to hell. He doesn't have to send somebody to hell who's already on the road to hell. He's trying to get you off that road. Adam puts you on that road. His spiritual nature was passed upon all men. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, not man. But man goes because of refusal. Actually, we were reading in Psalms recently. This is a really interesting scripture. If you're doing your chapter reading, you read this. I think it's Psalm 10. It said, the psalmist said, by the Holy Spirit, the wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the goody-goody Christians go, yes, right. And all that forget God. Ooh, that's another category. You don't have to be wicked to go to hell. Just forget God. Just forget the only way to heaven. Not be interested in the only... You don't have to be bad to go... There's good people in hell. Did you know that? God don't want them there. It's not His will that they're there. But you don't get to heaven because you're good. You get to heaven because you believe in Jesus. Did you also know there's bad people in heaven, so to speak? Oh, that adulterer, that murderer, they'll never get to heaven. Want to bet? If those people turn to Jesus before they die, 
They're washed by the blood, made a new creature in Christ Jesus, and they are completely pardoned and forgiven by the Father God, and they go to heaven when they die. They're not bad anymore. You understand what I'm saying? They were bad maybe on the earth and before they got saved. But there's all kinds of ex-murderers and ex-abusers and ex-whatever in heaven because they got washed in the blood. They repented of their sin. They realized they needed Jesus, and he saved them from the pit. I'm saying all that for some reason. There's some people in here. If you, if you think you're saved, you need, to, you need to pray the salvation prayer. Pastor, I think I'm saved. You better have more than I think I'm saved. You better know that you know that you know that you know. Yeah. Spirit of God witnesses with my spirit. Amen. I know I'm saved. I'm not worried about going to hell because I got the witness of the spirit. You know why you're not worried about going to hell? Because the spirit of God bears witness that you're a child of God. Amen. I'm a child of God. Children of God don't go to hell. You know how I know I'm going to heaven? The Bible says so, and God didn't lie to me. Whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, you know how I know I'm going to heaven? Because the Bible says, I know. I, not I think, not I'm pretty sure. I know I passed from death unto life, because I love people I didn't used to love. Because we love the brethren. There's another way, three ways you can know you're born again. Scripture. The witness of the Spirit and love. Amen. Amen. How y'all doing today? I could talk about something else if you'd like. Let's close it. Let's finish up here. So Romans 8, 16, read that again. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Where do you know that you're a child of God? deep in your spirit. It has illuminated your mind. Your mind is caught on to that, but it's in your spirit. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 27. Wow, it's early. We're doing good on time. <clears throat> Everybody said, uh-oh, how long is he going to go? <laughs> well, don't worry, I won't go too short, I promise. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. Notice what Solomon, by the, by the wisdom of God, he said, the spirit of man. Say this, I'm a spirit. Come on, say this. I am a spirit. God said, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. See, technically speaking, you are not a soul. You have a soul. Like your car has an engine. See, your spirit... Here, say this, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. The soul is your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. The inward man, the spirit, has a soul. No, pastor, the soul and the spirit are the same. No, it's not, because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Well, if they're the same, they couldn't be divided. You and I, are, we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a physical body. We are three-part beings. Spirit, soul, and body. When you die, your spirit that has a soul goes to its homeland. <laughs> you follow me? If you're a born-again believer, you're going home to heaven. If you're not a born-again believer, you go to the homeland of the other father, which Jesus said was the devil. 
Interesting. Spiritually speaking, that's the way Jesus said it was. A lot of people don't like that. A lot of people think, oh, we're all brotherhood and we're all going to go to God someday. And it doesn't matter how you get there, if it's Buddha or Maharashi Meshiyogi or, or this or that. or It doesn't matter. We'll all end up in the same place. Lie, lie, lie. I'm going to say it boldly because there's some people's eternal welfare based on this and they're believing a lie. Let me tell you the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And if you have a problem with that, rebuke the devil and say, shut up and realize Jesus is the only way. Why would you have a problem with Jesus being the only way? Can I tell you why? Demons. Lying. You don't, have a, you don't have a problem with one way to the North Pole. Why would you have a problem one way to heaven? Why would it be a problem in one area, not another area? Demons. Demons don't care if you know the way to the North Pole or not. But they do not want you going to heaven. And they'll do everything they can to keep you from going. But they can't stop you. Just rebuke the enemy and say, Jesus is the way. There's a way. Why would we care if there's 30 ways? There's a way. There's a way, to, there's a way to the Father. And it's only through Jesus. Turn briefly, quickly, to Luke 13. I wasn't able to get fully to this in the last service, so we want to just finish up with this here. If you want to live in the life of victory, we need to start becoming more aware of, and I believe we need to start saying more often, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And then they'll go, don't go looking for a feeling after you say that. Don't go looking for something in the outward. Look inside. Mm -hmm. Your spirit is in you. There's a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth understanding, Job said. There's a spirit in you. It's you. It's not, you, you are a spirit. Now when you're born again, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in your spirit. And that's where He's going to illuminate you in light, did you see that? Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't read it, did we? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Where's God going to give you enlightenment about who to marry, who not to marry? Is this person right? Is this person not right? Where is the candle? Where is the light? In your spirit. So if you want direction from God, don't just look here. Look deeper. Look deeper in your spirit. Oh, and I know maybe not all of you understand this right now, but oh my goodness. One of the most powerful things you can do to hear from God more accurately is pray in tongues every day. And I'm going to tell you one reason why. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. When you're praying in tongues, it's the spirit part of your life that's active at that time. And if that part is active, the more active your spirit is, the more you're aware of that part of your life where God enlightens you. Oh, it was worth your time, just what I just said right there. When you're praying in tongues, your spirit's doing something. Ito vromande ute viana That didn't come out of my head. That came out of my spirit. 
when I pray in tongues, the spirit part of my life is active. Obviously, I'm going to be more aware of that part of my life if it's active. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the light bulb of the Lord. It's where, searching all the inward parts of the belly. That's where God's going to illuminate, with, illuminate you with the words, slow down, turn right, turn left, don't hook with this person, hook with that person, move here, stay here, do this, don't do that. That's where he's going to enlighten you in your spirit. Well, if your spirit's active, you're more aware of that part of your life. When you're praying in tongues, that part of your life is actually active at that moment. That's why I get a lot of direction from the Lord while I'm praying in tongues. Things that were a mystery start to become clear. How do I get rid of this depression? How do I overcome this disease? How do I find somebody so I'm not lonely anymore? A lot of those answers, a lot of the light will come on in your spirit while you're looking inside while you're aware of that inside part of your life where he lives. Oh, friend, do you see this? Accidents can be avoided. I mean, something as small as hitting a cat on the street. How I many know oh, the Lord knows when the cat's going to run forth? And, and, and you, you might, you're not going to hear things. You're not going to hear voices. He bears witness with your spirit. He gives you uh, things. You just know. You just know. You don't have to hear something. You just, sometimes you'll hear it if it's more authoritative. Sometimes people, I guess, need to hear a little bit more. But um, you'll just know in your spirit. Just, I know the speed limit's 35. Just go 32 for a few seconds. Do you realize four seconds can mean the difference between hitting an animal and not hitting an animal on the highway? And I'm not talking about just trying to figure all this out in your mind every second. Live your life. But just develop in these things. Realize the Lord's with you 24-7. Be more God inside minded. Learn to commune with him all the time. Take him to work with you. Take the counselor, the one who knows everything, to work. Be aware of his presence. Know the script, feeding on the scriptures, praying in the spirit, going to church will keep you more attentive to spiritual things, which will make you more attentive to the leading of the spirit when you're not in church. You know, the Bible says the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. We're the children of God. How do you know you're, how are you so sure? How are you so confident you're a child of God? Just something on the inside tells me that I am. I'm at peace about it. Did you ever notice? The Spirit bears witness. The Holy Spirit, He's trying to help you. He's trying to lead you. It's just people have been so mental and so physical and so feeling oriented. The spiritual things have been way in the background. We need to change that and, and take church and prayer and, and worship serious so that we're more aware of spiritual things. But did you ever think about it? What is a witness? You're trying to identify how the Lord leads you. What's a witness? Well, let me tell you what it ain't in the court of law. In the court of law, if somebody takes the witness stand and they ask him questions saying, okay, so you're a witness to this crime. Well, I, 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 I feel like they did it. I, I feel like they pulled the trigger. I, I feel, you just look at them, you know, I mean, they, they look a little, I feel, they're going to say, Get your behind off the stand. I need somebody who knows something, not just somebody who feels something. So the inward witness is not a feeling. It may produce a feeling, 
But never think that that feeling is the leading of the Lord. Because then when that feeling comes to five weeks later that isn't the Lord, you'll think it is the Lord and you'll get in trouble. Yeah. It's deeper than a feeling. It's a knowing. What you know is way more important than what you feel. And this is where communing with God comes in, getting to know the Lord, fellowshipping with the Lord, and not just being interested only in worldly stuff. Are you following me, church? Luke 13, let's close with this. Luke chapter 13. Jesus was commenting on some terrorist attacks and some natural catastrophes of his day. And it's very interesting what he said here in connection with being led by the Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to not be in a place where a tragedy is about to happen? How are you going to know not to be there if you're planning on being there? Now this is so interesting. You're going to love this scripture we're going to read, but let me share this before we go there.